You're listening to This Is How, a podcast about people forging digital careers for people who are taking the time to figure things out. Whether you've just left school, college or uni, or you're already in a job, but you're not feeling it, we've made a podcast series full of tips, ideas and free advice from people who've been on similar journeys, changed things up and gone on to work with some of the most interesting brands in the UK. I'm Will Stowe. I'm Zoe Mallet. And we are the new co-hosts of This Is How for the new season. This is episode zero uh, and you're going to learn a little bit more about us, our journeys, and we're going to give you some tips and advice. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be meeting people who've started careers in digital industries, people who've become designers, animators, social media managers and more, and who have managed to turn their passions and interests into skills and jobs. We're going to be asking questions to find out what people do day to day in their jobs and how they ended up in their role as well as breaking down some industry jargon along the way. Prepare to be inspired and entertained as we take a look into some of the most exciting digital roles of today and give you the tips you need to follow in their footsteps. I'm Zoe Mallet. I'm originally from Bristol and I've been living in London for over six years, currently living in Hackney. I'm a life coach and radio show host. My coaching focuses on helping people figure out where they are, where they want to be and how we get them there. I also have a radio show on Foundation FM, which allows listeners to message in with their problems. And my guests and I offer out our professional advice and tips live on air, mixed with some tunes. By using my training in thought-provoking questioning and psychological intuition, I plan to dig a little deeper into our guest's experience. Zoe, (laughs) you good? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So you're a life coach. Can you tell us about what a life coach does and, you know, what's your day-to-day like? Yeah, so a life coach, we basically look at like where you are now. We look at like where you want to get to and then we work out how we get you there. Okay. And I work with a lot of uh, like young creatives and both like they come to me for like both like personal and professional reasons. And usually they all kind of end up merging into like similar things, like similar like problems that are like kind of coming up. And I work really closely with my clients. So I usually work with them for like four months initially, having eight sessions every other week. And then in between, uh, I set lots of like tasks and challenges. You give them homework, basically. Homework, loads of homework. And they love it. (laughs) They literally love it. They're always like emailing me and being like, I've done this, I've done this. Um, So yeah, I send them homework that I believe will like deepen their learning Mm. about themselves. So that's a lot of work around like values and like um, like personal values, shadow values, the belief systems we hold about ourselves. It's really character building stuff you're doing. Yeah. Cool. And then so the idea is that like in between sessions, they like work on like themselves. And then in the sessions, we work out that like how to like set them up to make, be making like better decisions day to day. Mm. It's nice having somebody like from the coach's perspective, having somebody like who is going to keep you mm. accountable. And having some of those regular check-ins mm-hmm. makes people do that homework, do those challenges and like do those actions. Um, and it's very like action-based. So at the end of every session, we know exactly what this person needs to be doing over the next two weeks. For sure. This is like, I mean, I don't meet life coaches every day. Yeah. Um, so it's quite specific. So I'm assuming that, you know, there were things along your life that kind of drew you to these moments. So like, how long did it take you to becoming a life coach? And what were like some of the you know memorable moments? So I didn't know what a life coach was until three years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. I only knew about therapy through really like famous celebs that go to rehab. And have oh, therapy. yeah, That's yeah. the only time I really like knew about therapy. And um, 
I used to work in the creative events industry. So I used to work with like fashion, beauty and lifestyle clients. And the reason I started working in events after I graduated is because I'm really good at organizing. Mm. Um, I used to love to party. I still love partying, but <laughs> probably not as much. But it didn't like fulfill me in the way that I thought it was going to fulfill me. And then someone I used to know had a life coach through their work. And I used to find it like really interesting because they'd come out of sessions and be like really pumped. And they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the world. that. <laughs> and I'm like, how? Like, what? How have like, you got this confidence? So I started kind of like looking into coaching a bit more. And then I started understanding like it is a practice. And then I tried to find a life coach and I couldn't find anybody that looked like me or like was like relatable. And I think that's really important when you're working with somebody who's like a coach or a therapist or a counsellor. I think they do have to be quite relatable to you. It's a very like corporate, mature industry. Did you feel like you had to be like presented in a certain way? Like in order to talk to people about where they wanted to go, you had to be presented in a certain way? I'll answer that. But like the biggest misconception about a life coach is that a life coach has everything together. Mm they're almost like this like patronizing like my life's so perfect so I'm going to tell you how to do your life but a life coach can never give you advice they can never give you their opinion they can never ask you why it's always like what and how mm. they can't tell you to do anything they just have to ask you questions that are gonna make you think in a deeper and different way Got you. and then um I'd say is there any you know tips or advice that you'd give to anyone who's maybe wanting to get into life coaching or like you in an industry that they're in currently, but not very happy in it and wants to like switch over into something else. Yeah. So I think if you want to be a life coach, I think that's really, really sick because we definitely need more young coaches. There's this like preconception that you need to be like in your sixties and have done life. But I've always, always uh, believed that like, what you go through in life and like your experience is isn't down to age it's down to the things that you've gone through and the mindset that you have if you did want to kind of like become a life coach then just start like researching it and work out if that is something that you feel that you could do because you do have to be like professional you have to be like positive you have to be optimistic so it's like bad is happening in your life your clients cannot know about it yeah so you kind of have to like put a game face on like every single day and there's loads of academies and i'd recommend going into academy obviously at the moment it's a bit difficult but doing like face-to-face because a lot of like online courses are like two weeks when you don't have like any contact with people and then um you don't have contact with people yeah there's a lot of courses that you can just like read like some articles and then like, oh, they send you okay. some, like workbooks and then you're a life coach oh wow legally that you don't have to have a qualification to be a life coach okay. at the moment uh it's not like therapy where you have to like do like, it's like seven years and you have to have these qualifications mm. um so i think a lot of people kind of like jump on it and it's like a bit of like a trend like buzzword at the moment got you got you so a lot of people say that they're kind of coaching you and actually you need quite a lot of intensive training if you do want to be a life coach i think the first thing you need to do is get a life coach yourself and experience to it. find a mentor basically mentoring is like different to coaching to mentoring is like if somebody's got experience in that particular like subject or area and then they kind of give you advice and opinions and they tell you like their journey and okay. advise you a coach doesn't do that at all a coach is asking you questions about you and what you want and how you're going to do it better basically got you so you're kind of learning from them for how yeah to do it, yeah. yeah 
Try to hear first top tips from Zoe Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell me, um, you know, if there's a few of them, some of your proudest moments or one of your proudest moments? My radio show is like that. I think that I was really proud of because that's something I've been thinking about for like a while. I love chatting. I love like speaking to people. Um, and a radio show was like always like in the back of my mind, even before I got into coaching, because I knew that I'd, I'd, I'd like love to do it. So I think when I kind of like pitched that and they just said yes yeah, straight away. Let's go, let's do it. Yeah, because I, I, I pitched it as just to get advice really at, at first. And then they were just like, we'll take it. Like we want to do it. That's sick. Winning your first pitch. That's the one. I feel like you're really good at interviewing people. <laughs> <laughs> I just like listening to you. I'm Will Stowe, proudly from Hackney. An ear and shoulder for those around me. I work for Sneakers as a co-host on Sneakers Live, where we have regular live streams talking all things sneaker culture. And I also have a background in creative strategy, which is really creating a clear path and actions to bring brilliant ideas from mind to life. I also write poetry, make music and throw parties in my spare time. Hello. Hey, sorry. How's it going? <laughs> all good, I'm good. Good. Okay, so can you tell us about your current array of work that you do? Yeah, for sure. So day to day I work for Nike, um, but on the Sneakers app. So I work for Sneakers. Um, I'm a co-host on Sneakers Live, which is a weekly stream or sometimes it's um, just a regular stream, so to speak. And um, we basically get on live have a conversation about shoes that are dropping in the week or we invite guest designers on we invite in-house designers as well and we'll just kind of like take down a shoe and talk about the different aspects of it or we'll get into like cultural moments about like you know where was you when a 95 dropped or um do you remember your first shoes and all that kind of stuff basically or talk about like the movements and music that kind of come along with like uh trainers as well um or it could just be about like you know what's your current rotation today like what you wearing to walk the dog, what you wearing to go to the Tesco's and all that kind of stuff, basically. That's essentially what I do. Um, but my role would come under brand marketing. Okay. And like, how did you get into that? It's, it's the most random thing ever, but it makes sense in a sense as well. So okay. before this, I was uh, at an agency called Generation Works, but I was also at another agency called um, Superimposed as well. So I was a creative strategist at Superimpose, but they, they kind of leaned more heavily onto the writing side. So I never knew what um, a copywriter was until Superimpose was like, oh, you write poetry? Do you reckon you can write this thing for Adidas? And I was like, probably. And like initially, I didn't know what copywriting was. And I, I must have been like, how old was I when I did that? Probably like 26 or something like that. It was quite, yeah, what people would consider old maybe. Um, but yeah, I was 26 and I didn't even know what copywriting was. And essentially the way I looked at it was like, you just want me to write a poem basically about like this specific shoe or this um, brand campaign. And then from there, it was like, okay, cool. This is now going to be the, the manifesto for this particular release. Can you now think of different ways basically for us to um, get our message across in a digital way there's going to be a video placed of it as well. Like, how do you get your words to hit, essentially? Is what you're doing at the moment and what you've been doing since you were 26, was that even ever, like, in your mind 10 years ago? I always loved, love product. Like, I'll buy an all-black T-shirt if you tell me a good story about it, basically. Okay. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, basically. But um, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have said I would have been doing this exactly. But then when I think about, like, you know, 
performing poetry, like spoken word, and then like kind of hosting my own events as well, like smaller ones. Um, it's all kind of tied in really well as well. And what are the, the skills that you would say that you needed to like fit into like what you do at the moment? Patience is one. I'd say patience is a skill and it's an overlooked one, I'd say. Because I worked in retail for ages, like before I needed started. So while I was trying to get the attention of like the big brands or <coughs> digital agencies, um, I was just in retail and no one was listening to me. So it was like, okay. how do I get people to like listen or whatever what I'm doing? And it's like you start off things of your own that you want people to kind of notice you for, basically. So that was like the own events or like making a page about poetry but like figuring out different ways to kind of like make the words jump off the screen and all that kind of stuff what what mindset would you were you in then when you were working in retail like what was that going on like in your mind man I, I loved working in retail but I was always like I've got so much more to offer so I was always in a mindset of like I want to do more but I was always super frustrated like why is no one listening to me like I've got ideas or whatever but it just took time and then you start to realize as well when you get into the position that you kind of want to be that maybe actually you wasn't ready at the time okay if that makes sense you start learning things like i really thought i was like a uh, social media wizard i wasn't <laughs> Do you know okay. it was like very humbling um i understood it because it's, it's still quite new for a lot of people for all of us to be fair um but then when i started meeting people who were in those fields i was like okay cool this is what it's like to really understand socials and you know um, looking at algorithms and all that kind of stuff and breaking down like these are the times you need to be posting these are the kind of posts you need to do so like I think for example with yourself like I'm sure you'll find that if you post with your face on it you'll get a better reaction than when you just put words right yeah yeah so it's like you can use it as a game almost it's like if you want people to notice something cover it with a um, carousel so put your face person put the thing you want them to look at after because it's always going to swipe to the left basically okay if you think about like where you are now in like your career and like your life, what age were you when you were like dreaming of this point? Uh, I'd say I'm not there yet. Okay. So you're always dreaming. I think everyone's always dreaming, which is what makes it fun. I'd say maybe like when I was coming out of college, it was when I started like thinking about, okay, cool. This is the kind of things I want to do. But I was very naive, man, like super naive. I probably have some emails sent to some people that I'm very embarrassed about now. Probably Same. telling them that you need to have Same. me in the team. <laughs> and now I think about it, I'm like, they probably should have just told me to shut up. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about, mate. I feel like there's that jump between like your friends are going to university. So they're on a career path or you don't go to university and you go to work or whatever. So your dreams start to become like, okay, cool. What are you actually going to make actions on, basically? So I say it's around then. And last question, what is your proudest work moment to date? Oh, there was, there was an event that we did when I was at Superimpose. Um, and it was with, um, it was announcing um, Stormzy as in sort of like a, the face of Adidas, so to speak. And um the agency who I'd worked with already had already like marked out like people who were going to do the writing for the poetry and all that kind of stuff or whatever. For some reason or another, they fell through and it was like they needed to figure it out within maybe like a week or a couple of days. But all of this was like months in planning. So they'd asked me on like, let's say Friday and the thing was on Wednesday. And I was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, it's cool, I'll do it. And I had to like write five pieces, managed to write them, 
performed it and it went really really well and i've got to meet stormy on the day so it was quite cool hey yeah. <laughs> nice right so let's play two truths and a lie because i feel like this is the best way to get to know somebody okay it just tells you so so much cool so hit me what are your two truths and a lie and i'm gonna try and guess the lie all right cool so um i have over 300 trainers i've only been to nigeria once and I have bunions on both feet. Um, the bunion one could be true because you've got so <laughs> many trainers. And I definitely think you have over 300 pairs of trainers. So which one you're saying is the truth? I think actually, no, I think the bunions is a lie. Yeah? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. So you're going with your final answer? That's my final answer. All right, cool. That's actually true. I don't I have over 300. Feet. I don't have over 300 trainers. And that's the lie? Yeah, that's the lie. <laughs> that's such a trick that's the whole point of the game isn't it i okay i would how many trainers do you have uh i don't even think i have up to 100 yet 299 <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cheeky that would have been very cheeky yeah i don't even think i have up to uh, yeah 100 how do you store them oh man my room is like shelves on shelves but i'm actually going to get a storage unit soon to be for fair. the trainers yeah i need storage unit for some other what? things as well i'm, I'm sorry can you use a rewind you're going to get a storage unit for your trainers yeah i'm going to get a storage unit i'm sorry about your bunions yeah i know it hurts it, hurts. it really <laughs> does <laughs> cool give it to me let's hear them let's hear yours i'm okay. going to get this right i know i am okay I've been to Glastonbury Fred L. I'm giving up. That's the lie. I've been to Glastonbury <laughs> Festival Prism. Prison. Prism. Okay. I've knocked myself out by running into a tree. <laughs> and I've never had cheddar cheese. Oh. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cheddar cheese is a lie. Okay, let me find an answer. I feel like the Glastonbury one's a lie though. Like the cheddar cheese is a lie. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. How did you knock yourself out, Reddit? What was you doing? It what? was I was it was really young to be fair. I was in year six and I remember I was sat in a circle. Yeah. And we were sat with the boys and they were like, well, we want to play Kiss Chase. And I really, <laughs> really didn't want to play Kiss Chase. So you was running for your life. So I was like, so nervous. Well, no. So I basically got up and I was thinking, there's no way these lot are gonna nah so i just basically i was like the, i don't know i just must have loads of like power in my body like and loads of adrenaline <laughs> and i like turned around and i went to run but there was like a massive tree behind me and i snapped myself <laughs> on the tree and i knocked myself out and they had to call my dad to come pick me up from school <laughs> and i remember waking up and there was like i just got a circle of people around me with oh man that's like a movie scene and everyone was like are you all right and i was just like this is so embarrassing. I should just let him kiss me. So you... <laughs> <laughs> that is mad. What's the worst job you've ever had? Um, so <laughs> the worst job I ever had was when um, I worked at Ethel Austin. Um, it, it no longer exi exists. Um, maybe for the best. But um, <laughs> it's it was... <laughs> it was in Dawson Kings' shopping centre. And... Sometimes, like, when I think deeply, I can still hear the playlist in my head, but it was the most boring job I ever had. And I think it was it was a lot of just staring into nothing. But, yeah, it was a, it was like, um you know, like Mothercare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that. But think of Mothercare minus 10. 
basically. Okay. Yeah, it was it was really bad. There was no like uh, lunchroom. It was just like this. Um, you know, like when you're watching um, like these movies and they have these interrogations or whatever, and they have like the mirror that can <laughs> see and you yeah. can't see the other side, basically. So they'd had like this room where basically you could just see what all the customers are doing, basically. Okay. And it was like a dark room, and that was a lunchroom. Was that? Did you meet some like, interesting people that worked there? Uh, yeah, they were nice people. Yeah, they were yeah. nice people. Yeah, they were really nice people. Um, what about you? What was your worst job? I think probably the worst. This was only like a really short job, mm. but to get a free ticket to go to Glastonbury, I had to like steward and stuff. Oh yeah, and it was like really like hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was like maybe like five, no, six years ago, maybe maybe seven years ago when it was boiling like really really hot, hot like proper hot and I turned up a little bit late to my shift and um. everyone had been already been given their jobs and the guy was a little bit annoyed and he was like I need you to build a roundabout what yeah and I was like <laughs> you need to build a roundabout. and he was like because the coaches were coming in with all the artists yeah and there's free exits yeah yeah and he's like people are getting confused we need people to be able to turn around so I was like okay and then you know there's like they're like they're the little plastic things that like are filled with water and they're like they're white oh and yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that they like put on the motorway yeah, 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 sometimes yeah. he was like get those and just like like drag them from the wasn't that thing. heavy well they weren't that heavy because didn't have water in them but they were just a bit awkward mm. so I dragged it I was like do you know what I'm, yeah I'm here I'll do it I dragged it made this roundabout I was really pleased with myself because it actually looked pretty sick <laughs> and then I went back and I was really really like happy with myself um and he was like okay now I need you to go and sit in the roundabout and like point people and I was like so like the artist. No, just the coach driver. Oh, no way. <laughs> he's like, and I was like, what, well, what's the point of me building it if I have to go and sit there all day? That was a punishment for being late. That yeah. was a job. So I think like, I felt really sorry for myself. I that was that. probably one of the worst jobs I had just because it was like quite um, strenuous activity. Not much return. <laughs> <laughs> character building though. Car- yeah, it would be character building, of yeah, course. Think, yeah, definitely. Of course. You'd never do that again, I'm sure. No. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Playing two truths and a lie talking about careers. We're here because of the digital skills gap, which is basically the whole idea that there's so many jobs out there that people don't know about. Whether you're into sneakers or clothes or sports or gaming, there's roles that employers are struggling to fill. It's been a crazy year. People have been furloughed or had their education disrupted, been ordered to stay indoors, and we're all having to improvise a little. But during this series, we're going to spend time talking to people about their career journeys and the things they've experienced along the way, finding out what their job is like and getting the kind of careers advice you wouldn't have learned at school. All right, cool. So that's it from us today. Uh, We're out of time. Thanks for listening to episode zero. Hope you've enjoyed it and hope you come back again. And hopefully you know us a little bit better. Cool. See you again next time. You've been listening to This Is How, created by Nominate and Liberty. If you've enjoyed this conversation and you're feeling inspired to develop your own digital skills, head over to thisishow.uk where you can find more information on all the helpful tips and advice shared on today's podcast, as well as trying our new This Is How quiz to uncover more about what you're good at and what job roles could be a good match for you.